The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Some of you might have seen this story. I'm in the Irish Examiner. I'm not talking about uh, my most memorable Christmas present <laughs> in the Irish Examiner today. A much more serious uh, story. Um, it is of a Russian submarine chased away uh, from Cork Harbour by the British Navy several months ago, only six months ago. It was just outside the 12-mile limit, so technically didn't break any international laws. But of course, it is just the latest uh, in a, a list of similar um, situations that have transpired off the coast uh, of Ireland or in Irish skies. Tom Clonan is an independent Trinity senator and a security analyst, and he's with me now. Tom, it is good to talk to you, and thanks for taking the time. Um, what, what do we know uh, about what happened in Cork six months ago? Well, we know very little, really. We, we, we know it's reported that this happened six months ago and that a Russian submarine, um, most likely from the Northern Fleet, which is based up in uh, Murmansk in a place called Severomorsk, so way out of its uh, normal area of operations, mm. was, was detected uh, just due south of Cork Harbour as you say, on the 12-mile limit outside of territorial waters. Uh, An interesting location. So obviously they were probing our capacity. Well, not our capacity because they know, the Russians know that we have no capacity to detect them either in the the maritime environment or in the uh, airspace, you know, with with their incursions into our controlled Mm -hmm. airspace. So this is, the, the Russians have been doing this with submarines, uh, with surface vessels uh, for quite some time now to test NATO reaction times and to kind of provoke NATO as well. They're sort of waving a flag and saying, this is your weakest link here. We know that you, uh, this is your Western approach. And here we are just 12 miles outside Cork Harbour. Uh, see how long it takes for you to mm-hmm. find us and intercept us. So so that's that's what it's all about, I'd say. So the, the, uh, Ireland wasn't necessarily the target uh, you know, in a, in a rush, if it, from, from the Russian point of view, is that a fair assessment? Well, I, I'd say our our weakness in defence infrastructure is being exploited by them. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it is an attack on us. Uh, but look, uh, look, everybody knows that um, through no fault of their own, it's this isn't the fault of the naval service, the air corps, or the, or the army. Uh, because of, I suppose, maybe because of the peace dividend after the Good Friday Agreement and the peace process, there has been a lack of proper investment and pay and conditions for our defence forces. So they've become quite run down. And we don't have the capacity to see into our airspace. We don't have any primary mm-hmm. radar. We do have secondary radar that, you know, works with civil aviation. We don't have primary radar and we don't have sonar capability with the Naval Service. And we don't have a lot of ships at the moment. A lot of our capital assets are tied up in Hall Boland. So we only have one or two uh, naval vessels who are there to patrol what is yeah. uh, something like 220 million maritime acres of territory that, you know, we've, we've one of the largest coastlines in the European Union. The Russians know this. They're exploiting it. They're also very interested in our subsea cables, you know, the fiber optic yes. cables that carry data and internet from, you know, basically we connect the European Union with the continental United mm. States. So they're happy to exploit that. And But again, it's a kind of a testing exercise. Yeah. But because this gets to the point of it, uh, I think, Tom, doesn't it? Sometimes when you suggest that we resource and equip uh, the defence forces, 
you know, no people accuse you of wanting to to kind of uh, create a land army capable of marching on Moscow or sending a carrier fleet uh, to the South China Sea. The naval service can't see under the water effectively, and we've got these hugely important undersea cables running from Ireland across the Atlantic Ocean. There's not an industry in this country or around the world that doesn't rely on technology, and we rely as a state on those cables. We need to be able to at least see, if if not being capable of, of deterring the Russians from doing anything, we need to be at least be able to see what they're doing down there, don't we? Yeah, for sure. And n- not only is this... So we have, I think, 19 of these transatlantic fibre optic cables, and they, they come into our inshore waters and actually make landfall here because of all our data centres. We have 52 data centres. And Ireland actually holds 30% of the European Union's uh, data, which is the new gold. We also, it's a similar figure, We, we you know, about 30% of the internet traffic passes through those cables. So it's a, it's an extremely vital piece of critical infrastructure. We need, it, we need to be able to monitor it and protect it. But also Ireland is forecast to be like the Saudi Arabia of wind and wind energy. There are plans to build offshore wind farms up and down the West Coast, so that Ireland becomes a leading expe- exporter of wind energy. And we, we have no way of protecting, inspecting, uh, patrolling, or otherwise just looking after that infrastructure. So in in, re- in fairness to the government, the Minister for Defence and the Commission on the Future Defence Forces have announced a major investment package into infrastructure. And amongst the, the major investment projects between now and 2028 is that sonar capability mm. uh, in the maritime domain and also primary radar and more aircraft for the Air Corps. But there's no point having any of this equipment, Kieran, if you don't pay our soldiers, sailors and air crew a living wage. So that's something else that has to happen too. Yeah, real retain- retention and, and recruitment crisis um, on that front as well. Uh, the difficulty though, Tom, when it comes to, to, to equipping the defence forces and resourcing them and paying them more money is that there are those people and they're already getting in touch in the text line, some of them, who, who will immediately make this a debate and discussion about neutrality. A- anything to do with the defence forces becomes about neutrality and by extension actually becomes about NATO. And it's just a way of, it's a yeah, way of actually well, killing the conversation before it starts. Well, it's very easy to answer that. If, if the Royal Navy are patrolling our maritime domain for us, and if the Royal Air Force are patrolling our aircraft, yeah. our, our airspace, then we're not neutral. And in fact, we're not. Even, we're, it's actually worse than neutral. We're we're depending on the UK, which isn't a Euro- European Union member, to to do that work for us. And that really undermines our sovereignty, and it undermines our neutrality. I'm I'm a big fan of our neutral status. I think we get a huge economic cultural and mm. diplomatic dividend for you see the great leadership that uh, Michal Martin and Leo Varadkar were able to show on Gaza and Israel's response to the Hamas attack so you know I think we we, we, we have an important voice in the world particularly as the world gets more and more unstable yeah. we're entering into a period of increased instability as France and Germany dominate the European Union uh, I understand the benefits of NATO it's it's a valid necessary alliance, but there is no benefit for us at the moment to join it. But we do need to have the bare minimum of policing, defence and intelligence infrastructure because we're not fit for purpose at the moment. We need to be. All right. Well, listen, before I let you go, just kind of a a somewhat related story because it's to do uh, with uh, uh, military and the defence and it's a man, an Irish man in his 
40s, it's been reported, having been killed fighting alongside uh, Ukrainian forces uh, in Ukraine against uh, Russia. Do we know much about that? Yeah, very sad story, breaking news. Um, so the, the, the individual is is believed to be from the Dublin area um, and has it, it is reported that he has previous military experience with the US military. But, uh, you know, there's a family in Dublin tonight getting that awful news, as did uh, the family of Finbar Kafferke. He, he was from Ackle, who was killed in mm. Ukraine in April. And last year, a young guy, 23, Rory Mason from Dunboyne, and I have a 23-year-old son myself, and, you know, I just think it's awful news. But in terms of where it happened or the circumstances, we don't know. Okay. And, and and that a lot of that will determine, you know, how and when, you know, remains are repatriated or what happens next. All right. Well, listen, uh, Tom, thank you very, very much uh, for joining us. Tom Clonan, independent uh, senator from Trinity College, a security analyst uh, as well. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.